Good day, everyone. Hello, and welcome back. This is our third episode of the Appearance Series, and this episode is all about body shaming. Like, are you not embarrassed? It's very embarrassing. Yeah. Um, And rather than kind of focusing on research and the psychological perspective, uh, I guess we'll go into it a little bit, but rather than making the episode like that way inclined, we're going to be talking a lot about our early life experiences and just things that we've observed growing up, Mm -hmm. I suppose, you know, um, things that you've shared with us because we've been having some amazing conversations over the last week in our DMs based off our last episode on race, culture and ethnicity. Um, And a lot of people have been sharing their personal stories with us for which we're really grateful. So we're going to, you know, go into those as well. Yeah. Yeah. So when was the first time you think you were body shamed or do you remember? (laughs) Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't remember. But what I do remember is that the body shaming started very young. Um, Mm. I I know that I was a child when I was told to stop reaching for the snacks. By? (laughs) By uh, my parents. Yeah. um, Dad, mostly, Mm -hmm. without throwing them under the bus. Um, Yeah, it was like I was always just a bit chubbier, especially as a kid. I had a lot of baby fat on me. You were just quite a chunky baby. I was just chunk. I was a big chunk. And yeah, it was just like, stop. It was always the stop eating. Stop, stop. Yeah, I guess it was never... Yeah. I remember that. I remember and that they would also, they would always say like, you're, you're going to get fat. You're going to get fat. It was never you shaming. Are fat. Yeah, you are fat directly. Until I was maybe... I'm going to say like nine, ten-ish. Wow, that's still so young. Yeah, which is still pretty young. Um, but I know it was usually when I'd go on holiday. And if I'd go on holiday without mum and dad, mm. um, like with extended family and stuff, and I would come back, that's... And it, actually, I'm saying it was predominantly dad. It wasn't. It was mum too. Yeah. Because she would always be the first person to say something as soon as I would like get home. You know? What do you mean by that? Like, as soon as I'd get home from holiday, they'd be like, oh my God, you're back, whoa. And the first thing she would say to me is, you've got fat. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, because this is, and we're going to go into this further, but this is quite a big cultural thing. And there are a lot of cultural differences when it comes to shaming yeah. and what's perceived as the ideal beauty standard. You know, it, it varies between cultures. And as third culture kids or children of immigrants, I think this is where a lot of the lines for us got blurred and there was a lot of confusion and misunderstanding surrounding our identity and what we should like about ourselves and yeah. what we should be working on because we were getting or receiving different messages from both cult- from two cultures. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And within the Iranian community, um, the part of Iran we're from anyway, the South, it's seen to be favorable favorable if you are a bit more on the chunky side. Yeah. Like, it it symbolizes health Mm -hmm. and wealth. And wealth, yeah. Um, And for me, it was always the opposite. I got skinny shamed. Yeah. Even though (laughs) I was never that skinny. You just have it's a just very particular fra- frame. Yeah, exactly. It's not that you're skinny. It's just that... I got really long limbs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really gangly. <laughs> and it gets misconstrued for skinniness. But I've always had, like, a belly on me. I've always had a butt. 
you know? Yeah. I gain weight quite easily. It's not a thing. So... Yeah, we lose and gain weight fairly quickly and easily, I would say. Yeah, and not that that's something to aspire to. No, but it's like when when especially your parents or your family aren't seeing the reality of your experience yeah. and they're putting it on you um, that, you know, you're too skinny or you mm-hmm. need to eat more. And I think for me as well, it was always the notion of you're unhealthy yeah. by being the skinny. I, and I feel like you were always made to feel like you were really weak oh within God, your body. Yeah. And they, that was said to you all the time. All the time. And just because me and like, you know, and maybe some of my other cousins who are on the bigger side were a little bit bigger it was like what they they've got so much strength like do, do you know what i mean yeah like, and they would call like if we would get into physical fights when we were kid they'd be like oh but she is so heavy-handed about because, you yeah or yeah. or anybody who was who was slightly bigger even though i'd knock you out mate <laughs> yeah well, i don't know about that <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and I think, especially for mom and dad, obviously the cultural thing is different, is mm-hmm. one thing. And Definitely. then on the other hand, I think when I was a child, I wasn't, I was quite a fussy eater, so I wouldn't eat. Yeah. And I think they took that narrative mm-hmm. and they just kind of applied it to my whole life. Yeah. I'm not like that anymore. No. <laughs> you know? No, but it was, and it worked the opposite way for, for me. You. Because I was not fussy in the slightest and I like everything. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay, that's a problem. Yeah, definitely. You know, and culturally, I think it was really awkward because I'd get body shamed at home and then I would go into school and I'd complain about my weight like, you know, a normal child would and be like, oh, I'm so fat and I don't look good in this and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes other kids would look at me and just be like, why is she concerned about her weight? Because we were so young. Of all the things that you should be concerned about. And not only them, but I, but their parents. Yeah. And their parents would always look at me and be like, but you're so... I, and I always had my friend's parents telling me like, oh my God, you're you're so young. You should not be concerned about your your size and th- those are your developing years you know that's the thing because when I got older it was almost like I kind of um uh, evened out evened out mm. like I balanced out balanced out <laughs> I like I kind of fell into the weight that I was always supposed to be but when I was younger that fluctuated so much yeah, but you're a teenager yeah you're going, you like hormones and everything else and I think there's such an expectation that's placed on kids that's completely unnecessary. It's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the one thing about mom and dad is that they're very open to having these conversations. So as soon as we got a bit older and we sat down with them and we were like, no, you can't do yeah, it. You can't. You can't talk about it. And the thing with mom was, one of the things that she used to do, and she definitely doesn't do it now, and she calls out anyone who does it, but when we were younger and we'd go to Iran in the summer, she'd see her like childhood friends or whatever yeah, yeah. who'd had kids and you would go and visit them and everything and she'd be like <laughs> you know oh wow yeah be, we well, would be shook. in translation she'd be like wow you've put on so much weight to her friend and her <laughs> and friend's kids and we would have a go at her and we'd be like mom you can't say that and she's like why they need to know whereas now she's like look whenever someone puts on weight or they lose weight lose weight they're always the first person to notice there's exactly. no need there's to point no that need. out to them yeah. you know and why do we value weight so much like I said in the last episode, it's essentially just a meat suit. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I kind of came to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter. And I there's nothing that I can do that's 
a right in their eyes when it comes to my weight. Because mm. when I went to university and I lost all that weight, I was like, oh, finally, I'm skinny. Mm. Like, I look how I want. And it's all amazing. And I came back home and they were like, you're too skinny. You're not eating. And suddenly that became a problem. Yeah. And oh, you're vegan and it's so extreme. And oh my God, what look what she's done. She's not eating. And yeah. it became such a panic. And I was like, well, I'm either too big or I'm too small. And that then I was like, okay, I only need to eat and do everything for my body for myself, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we had a really relevant DM about this as well. Uh, and this person, going to keep them anonymous, yeah. said, um, I love this episode. I was laughing with you while I was in the supermarket. Thanks so much. <laughs> and also, I want to add a little bit of my per- my personal experience as well. Because when I was fit and thin, I didn't get any negative responses or any responses at all about my body. While I was depressed, going through identity crisis and not eating three days. And now I'm 20 kilos heavier and so many people feel the need to comment on my weight, good and bad, mostly bad. But now I'm happier than ever. I live with my boyfriend and moved out of my parents' house, surrounded by people I want to. And also culturally, my mom reminds me every time my body has changed. Yeah. And... Again, this goes back to the cultural differences that we were talking about. This person is based in the Netherlands. And the conversation that we got onto essentially mm-hmm. was that what she was saying really reminded me of living in Germany in the sense that no, like it's the norm to be fit and healthy and it's about, it's kind of health orientated. Yeah. So they say. Um, and they're very blunt. <laughs> in their approach so they will tell you to your face you've yeah, put on yeah. weight and so with the german people and yes. so with the dutch you know uh in england that doesn't happen no no one would dare <laughs> no one would dare that would not happen like you but might i also feel like the difference is that it is health or it like and it's not right of course but when you go to places like germany and the netherlands and i would say probably scandinavian countries too they will say it to your face and they'll be very direct but they they say it as a concern for your health more so which is which isn't right but my point is that they're saying it to do with your health not to do with the way you look yeah they don't care whether it's fashion or not fashion or it's a trend to have a big butt or not to have it do you know what i mean it's just i think it overlaps a bit yeah i think the i think the main concern is health um but i think it does matter as well how you look like looking fit and healthy definitely but i think they put so much more value on being an active person there yeah. and people are generally just so much more active and healthy that even if it's not if they're not concerned with your health they can fob it off as that yeah you know whereas here it's just like now nah, you don't look good yeah yeah definitely everyone is more fashion conscious here definitely. you know it's not the same i see what eyes. you're saying um yeah it's di- there's different intentions behind yeah what's being said but again i've never heard anyone here outright say to someone else someone else's face you've put weight on or you've got fat like no people no, no, only neither, would say that neither. about themselves yeah absolutely. um and that got us like that caused a bit of that caused a little bit of uh drama for me in my early teenage years what? because mom used to be you know, I told you what she used to be like. So, savage, bougie. Savage. Yeah. And on many occasions, <laughs> I remember one specific one. Um, 
all my friends came over, like my, we had a sleepover, my friends were there in the morning, we were having breakfast. And my mom was like, you need to eat more to one of my friends. <laughs> you're too skinny. Like you're too skinny. You're like a stick. Mm-hmm. And then she made like a gesture with her finger, right? Obviously my friend got super upset and then my friend group like didn't talk to me for two days. Wow, okay. So yeah. it had like real life impact yeah. on my social life. I'm yeah. not blaming my mom, by the way. It's just cultural differences. It's, exactly. It's exactly. understanding um, what's appropriate to mention within one culture and what's appropriate within the other. Yeah. Do you think it's appropriate at all to comment on someone else's weight? Not at all. No, I agree. It's, <laughs> it's not your mind, your business. Yeah. And and I also find a lot of the time you don't you have no idea what somebody is going through with their body. You don't know whether they're dieting or whether they're comfort eating or whether they're on medication. Yeah. You know, you just Definitely. mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's such an important topic, I think. And of course, it's not just your parents that shame you or that have this impact on you. Yeah. This is something that you experience in school, whether it's um, within your friendship group where mm-hmm. you're directly comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, my friendship group in high school, they look like models. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah, your mates. And... Um, <laughs> not just your friendship group, but also outside of that, like being made fun of by boys, yeah. you know, or even something embarrassing happening and people being there to see it. Yeah. Um, and w- sorry, we're focusing on weight quite a lot, but another thing was our height, I would say, especially when it came to boys, like, wow, we, we're tall girls yeah. and we had our growth spurt pretty early. So we were tall. I was taller than all the boys in my yeah. year, I think until... I was maybe like 14, 15. Wow, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And actually, you know, last week, if you follow us on Instagram, we did a poll of, were you ever shamed for anything that then became trendy? Yeah. And we had so many responses. And some of those included, you know, like bushy eyebrows Mm -hmm. um, for a woman, you know, their chin or their jaw being um, kind of... Made fun of. Described as manly. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, What else was there? There was so much, obviously, for people of colour, it's always, you know, their hair, their skin tone. um, Their nose, their lips, their eyes. Exactly. So we had a lot of those responses, and thank you for those of you who who joined. Um, And yeah, it it definitely goes beyond weight. I think weight is just the most common thing being discussed at the moment. But for us apart from our her, our height acne oh <laughs> we had terrible God, we had acne. it rough man man <laughs> and still we were so blessed and still the acne was really hard for me still i well i've only it's only just stopped at my big age yeah um but yeah when did we start i think i must have been about 12 13 mine was about 14 yeah and I had it for about 10 years yeah. after that. Yeah, and it's still something we yeah. struggle with. And serious, serious acne, I mean. And you tried absolutely everything, everything under the sun. And how annoying when people are like, oh, just wash your face, just drink a bit just more drink water. Just drink water. <laughs> it was always water with me. And I'm like, hello. You're the most hydrated person I know. Thank honestly. you. Um, and then, of course, and the sorry, aftermath. And also, back in the day when we were at school, I remember you trying every single skincare product. Mm-hmm 
that was within our price range at yeah. the time. And obviously skincare wasn't anywhere near as big as it is now. So there was barely anything available. And it was just so hard yeah. to figure that out when we were so young. Yeah. And obviously now we've got all the scarring left on our face. Exactly, the aftermath, yeah. And I mean like deep, deep scarring. Yeah. Um, so it's something we're reminded of every time we look in the mirror. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, causes shame or causes you to feel shame is when you see someone else talking about their insecurities so if someone came into school and they were like oh I've got a spot on my chin (laughs) and it would be the tiniest spot I'd be like okay if you're so distraught over this tiny little spot what must you think about my face right oh that exactly and I I felt really frustrated because every time I would go on holiday or go to any hot country, my skin would completely clear up. Mm. And it would, honestly, I would look and feel amazing. And then the second I would come back into the UK, my skin would break out again. And I would just feel so frustrated because it always made me feel like I, me as a human being, like I was not supposed to live here in this country. Like my, my body had just not adapted to these conditions. And Oh, it was just so irritating. Like, you constantly feel like you should be somewhere else. Yeah. On top of feeling the shame of having acne. Exactly. So you're never happy in, like, the present moment, wherever you are. Um, You always feel like you need to be somewhere else in Mm -hmm. order to achieve the sense of happiness. Yeah. Because, yeah, this big insecurity would, would be gone. How would you say that culturally we can make that better? I think it starts with acceptance. So for me, it starts with Mm self-acceptance. So accepting yourself and being, you know, I know so many people who completely um, rock, (laughs) like whatever feature society would deem as embarrassing. (laughs) And I value that so much. And even though they still have their battles, which, you know, I have no doubt about, I think it's normalizing that we all look different and that, and it's not so black and white that this is the cause, you know, this is why, Mm -hmm. and this is what you should be doing to get better. Yeah. That we realize the complexity of our human experience Mm -hmm. and really honor that. And do you think that the body positivity movement has made that happen? I think it's definitely opened up the conversation. Yeah, I would agree. Which I think is so valuable. And I don't know, I think if I had seen all of this stuff online now or followed all these pages when I was in my teens, yeah, I definitely think it would have helped me overcome some of my insecurities that took me maybe 10, 15 years to overcome otherwise. I think so too. But I also think it's what you choose to expose yourself to especially on social media for example if we were teenagers now and we had instagram i i would think i would have to make a conscious effort to follow those particular influencers and make sure that those are the things that i'm exposed to because instagram is also pure perfection yeah especially when it comes to skin and and hair and and everything 
And I think whilst this is a work in progress, it can sometimes make you feel like, why aren't I there yet? And you're always striving towards this goal of like self-acceptance and understanding, whereas it's not something that's achievable. Mm -hmm. It's something that you just embody, right? Like once you understand it, it's not something that you constantly have to think your way out of. And you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But I think the way that it's marketed and presented online is that some people have just completely overcome this. Yeah. And they're like, just tell yourself you love yourself. Just love yourself. Yeah. And that's what I struggle with because there's been so many accounts that I've come across, especially with like acne, for example that's just like embrace your textured skin like just love it just love it and I'd be like yeah like absolutely I'd go and look in the mirror and I'd just be like I I still don't believe it at my core I don't believe that I look beautiful yeah how many of these I read because for all the for for the 10% of body positivity or let's say skin positivity that you see online, yeah. right? You see 90% of advertising for perfect, beautiful skin. You have people, um, you know, sharing pictures with filters on that yeah. make, that smooths their skin out. And Everything. that's actually the way the algorithm works. The more I, exp- the more that I engage with this kind of stuff, the more skincare it's gonna show advertisements you. I would get. Yeah. And it was so frustrating because I would get roped in yeah. so easily and I'd be like, oh, these patches look good. Let me just have a quick look at these. Yeah. When I've tried everything, <laughs> I've already tried everything. Um, and that's why I think it can be dangerous too, because it feels like a bit of a scam. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I think that the online movement doesn't necessarily embody or do justice because, and there is a reason for it. And I think the reason is that our attention span is so short on social media that we need to have like a really bright, beautifully graphic design to be captivated and a short caption to understand it. It, There's no like space for long conversations Mm -hmm. and debates and discussions without it seeming like there's two sides. You know what I mean? I do. So I think another way it doesn't do it justice is that sometimes people get defined by, I don't know, their weight or by their skin. Yeah, And I've had, you know, obvious example Lizzo yeah oh it's so funny I was literally about to mention her yeah yeah, but also being congratulated for being so confident it's so condescending yeah oh my (laughs) god patronizing yeah yeah yeah. and this is especially for people who are overweight like they're they get congratulated they're like you're so strong you're so brave you're so confident where do you get your confidence and it's like I am more than this she she has a right to be confident because she has a right to be confident. Confident, full stop. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And he. And he. <laughs> Let's not discriminate. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's opened the door for the conversation. And of course, we've seen the impact on culture. We're seeing a lot more diversity in advertising. Yeah. Um, of, I do think that it's being branded in that it's being sold to us in mm-hmm. this way because actually I'm going to read this out as well because someone messaged me this and I thought this was so on point. Um, I, I asked why we think these trends happen or why we think they're allowed to continue, especially yeah. when they're harmful. And someone replied to me, I'm not going to read the whole response, but I'll just read this bit. Uh, it says, 
My theory, people are done with society and speak up. Capitalists use that to actually sell us more stuff and show that we get it. We want the same things as you. Yeah. And so it looks like the world changes and we're pacified, but literally nothing changes except that oppressors found a new creative way to keep the world as it is. Yeah. Yeah. They, they benefit and profit from any kind of social justice movement, I would say. Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Um... It's the same with like Black Lives Matter. It gets Matter. flipped and it's sold yeah, to you. Exactly. Um, yeah. It the movement essentially becomes just like a pawn in the yeah. game. And I think the the main thing that made me more comfortable within my body yeah. and within the way that I look is this understanding that things are constantly changing and fluctuating, that nothing is stuck or permanent. And, you know, you see so many people like clinging onto their youth as Mm -hmm. as they age and they find it so difficult to move with that change and be open to that change. Um, So for me, the first thing was accepting that everything fluctuates. My skin, my weight, my hair, my height, everything. I'm going to be... My, our parents have shrunk. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, things that I used to be concerned about that I'm no longer concerned about, it's possible that I'll be concerned about them again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just really sitting in this flow mm-hmm. and being open and accepting to whatever is going to happen. Yeah. Because, like, for example, although my skin's pretty much cleared up now I still expect myself to get a spot or two in upcoming day you know like yeah. and and I know that if that happens I'll be okay with it um I also, what made you be okay with it that's such a hard question because I I feel like I never became okay with it like towards the end I'm gonna say maybe within the last year or so I really had a don't give a f attitude Mm. and i i wore way less makeup and it's because i think when i moved to the netherlands i knew that i was around people that didn't know me and i wore less and less makeup while i was there and then by the time i came back i was just like you know what like i have acne this is what i look like (laughs) get over it and i knew that it was worse for my skin to to wear so much makeup which i had done for years prior so yeah, I kind of just was... I don't know what it was. I just had this thing within me that was just like, Raha, it's been like this. And it might be... Oh, and also, I remember mum telling me that my acne was not going to go until I had kids. <laughs> and I, I've met loads of women who, who, said that. who have said the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I just need to accept the fact that this is not going to go away until I... If I have a child. <laughs> so it just... I just tried to... No, I didn't want to get too comfortable with it either, but I also kind of stopped fighting it so exactly. much. And I was like, look, this if this is going to be a part of you until you have a child, then so be it. Yeah. And if I can't find like a partner um, or somebody who doesn't like it or it or it's a problem for them, then I'm sorry. That's really not cool. I do, I, now that you've said that, I've just, I feel like I do need to share that 
one of the things that really helped me overcome a lot of my own insecurities was just being in a loving relationship. Um, I felt like that was so healing for my self-esteem because everything that I'd questioned about myself, this person was just like just didn't understand (laughs) and it wasn't like oh no babe no Mm. that's not true but actively like without me even pointing out my insecurities them talking about how amazing yeah you know they are and I'm just like what like Mm -hmm. really am I yeah my flat butt (laughs) it's amazing is it (laughs) and also like with social media I had to make a conscious effort to unfollow all the influencers that I followed because that just made me feel 10 times worse. Mm. And another thing, I, I, my scarring or my acne doesn't necessarily show up in photos. Yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous considering how bad I've made it sound, but genuinely, like, it just doesn't tend to show up. And one of my biggest fears was always catfishing. Yeah. Especially when I'd, like, date guys or I'd go out and I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't look like my Instagram photos. But I genuinely wouldn't go out of my way to use a filter or edit them. That's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, And I've also had to tell myself to just be okay with that. If it doesn't show up in a photo, that's not your business. Like, it's not not your your problem. Yeah, you've not done that on purpose. And even if you have done it on purpose, like, social media is not real. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) It's not real. If you meet me expecting something different then that's on you mate yeah then I'm sorry sorry to this man yeah and I think as well for me it helped to see it through a lens of like compassion and kindness Mm -hmm. for myself because I realized all these people a lot of people because I was someone who'd be like oh this person made me think this about myself or this person made me think this about myself yeah and I kind of held on to that um and what I realized is none of those people were in my life anymore And I was the only person who was continuing on with myself throughout my life. And going back to what I was saying about things, you know, changing constantly and fluctuating and um, compressing and this, that and the other. This was just a part of it that people come and go. Mm -hmm. Trends come and go. The only constant in life is change that's one thing you can rely on. Things are going to change, right? So uh, the only thing that's not going to change is that you're going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So am I going to make this a nice experience for myself or am I going to continue to beat myself up and shame myself for things that... Are out of my control. One out of my control or even two I've had to do in order to cope and and survive with what's been handed to me in life. You know? that That's huge, actually. That was a massive one. Telling myself that it's temporary. And whether it be the next few months or five years. Yeah. Five years in the grand scheme of I things I know that is my skin that is not going to be like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's yeah. going to change. So get ready for it to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's you start to notice, like how a lot of the voices or the thoughts that pop up in your head, where they come from. Yes. And then you're just like, well, I don't, I don't really agree with that anyway. <laughs> so why am I listening to myself telling myself this? Yeah. So the, the most fundamental thing for me was starting to observe the thoughts in my head around my body image, my facial image. And the other thing is as well, really 
seeing, you know, what our society's beliefs and who's being missed out here, and then realizing that actually it's the majority that aren't being accounted for. Yeah. It's the majority of people who are continuously feeling like this. For sure. Um, and we haven't even talked about able-bodied people and and disability yeah. and how that's perceived and how that's shamed as if that's it's someone's fault exactly like when we're talking about visible differences now that can be anything like whether it's like an acquired visible difference yeah. or whether it's congenital and you were born with it um people with a visible difference suffer from so many mental health issues and so much anxiety because they get made fun of when it's something that's completely not up to them yeah definitely and as i'd mentioned before i think when um you feel physical pain like for example our cystic acne was painful or i know for example a lot of women who who suffer with endometriosis and they yeah. they're constantly bloated their boobs are constantly hurting yeah right that severs your relationship with your body mm-hmm you know so on top of what society is telling you you're also having these experiences and you're just like oh like f my womb man Mm -hmm. you know um and yeah you're you're just kind of like fighting with yourself yeah and i think showing yourself compassion and love is so so important because it was after i read louise hay's book which a lot of people don't rate and and don't agree with but i always remember she had a section in her book where there was like every single illness or everything listed and she would write the emotion that was attached to that. And with acne, it was anger. Mm. And I'd realized how angry I felt. Like I just felt pure rage towards my skin and I was treating it that way. Mm. And I and now when I look in the mirror, I'm just like, hi babes. You've like, gone I, through so much. You've gone through so <laughs> much. God, God bless you. Yeah, And I really try and I I just feel like that's done heaps for me because I don't treat my acne or my skin like it's the perpetrator. Yeah, like Like it's a criminal. That's what's causing me all my problems. (laughs) Yes, exactly that. Um, And also unpacking certain things, especially when it comes to like immigration, I'd realised that I'd kind of correlated the two things where I thought that because people like stereotypically perceive immigrants as dirty that that was reflective of my skin a lot of the time and I really that was something I really internalized for like a long time until I realized and I was like okay I really need to I'm not dirty yeah strip this stuff away and unpack it because it's it's just not true that's just a narrative that I've created for myself yeah it's like two separate things that I've been discriminated Four, I've just merged together, which I was like, wow. Yeah, your brain makes those connections. Like, yeah. if it can um, compartmentalize. I'm trying to make sense of it. Yes. Yeah. And that's the other thing. We're always trying to analyze, evaluate, judge. This is good. This is bad. You know? Yeah. And that doesn't help us fully experience what's going on for us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <me>. yeah. <laughs> and we titled this episode, Are You Not Embarrassed? Because we feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we think that other people are thinking, are you not embarrassed? Exactly. And the people who 
do make comments or discriminate or even say anything like that's such a bigger reflection of them and the things that they're actually insecure about well actually Raha I've got a personal story here for you oh go on (laughs) um I would really consider myself and if you knew me uh I'm gonna say like in school or whatever you'd know I was super judgmental very black and white thinking like this is good this is bad this person is bad because they've done this where do you think that came from yeah (laughs) that's another cultural that's that's yeah um yeah, so I was super judgmental of people. I think on one hand we do this because we want to make sure we want to ensure our survival and we want to make sure that we're like at the top of our game. Yeah. Um but the other thing that I then noticed was that everything I was judging everyone else for, I was being super harsh about my on myself about. Yeah. Like I was like if some for example, right? I would spend hours doing my hair in the mirror so if i someone who saw someone whose hair wasn't done i'd be like how dare they oh ill literally ill okay and i realized that 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 just comes from me yeah because i've there's been times where i've pointed a certain insecurity of mine out to someone and they've just been like i've never once noticed that in my life i never look at that in people yeah generally yeah but I'm like, I look at that in everyone. When I'm I, so insecure about it. When I got really deep into my mindfulness and meditation practice, and obviously one of the attitudes is non-judgment, and you start by you start doing that by not judging what's arising within you, mm-hmm. whether your mind wanders, whether your breath is a certain way, like you just you're just okay with what is. Yeah. And the more you practice this acceptance, openness, and non-judgment, it translates into your everyday life. And I noticed I wasn't thinking about other people at all. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about myself. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about what they looked like, what they were doing. I really wasn't. I had so much more to be concerned with, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's when it hit me that I'm like, oh, wow. I used to be so, judgment- so judgmental because I was so critical of myself. Yeah. And I just held everyone up to that same standard. Yes. Um, which was really harming me mm-hmm. at the time. I was such so angry. You know, if yeah. someone... You know, if something went wrong, gosh, it was terrible. It was the end of the world. It wasn't, yeah, how I envisioned it. And yeah. I, and that's it. I put so much um, value on what my thoughts were saying and the way that my mind was working yeah. that I completely bypassed all the feelings and the emotions and the sensations and everything that was happening at the same time in my body and was trying to communicate with me like, hey, sis, like, I don't think that's right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think right i think this is how you really feel um i was just bypassing that so yeah meditation really helped um just bridge yeah showing yourself some love it was like it was almost like yeah a a warm hug yeah from me to me you know yeah (laughs) this is a much nicer experience (laughs) honestly it really is um but of course we still struggle with with yeah you know self-shame really die yeah and and I notice that when I'm most stressed, um, that that's when my old thought patterns pop up the most. And it's just really good to be aware of that. So when I now notice myself like talking crap about my skin, for example, I'm like, okay, what else is going on for me right now? Why is this, why is this popped into my mind again? Because my skin looked exactly the same yesterday and I wasn't having these thoughts. So, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think the other thing is, uh, like, 
making sure the people around you are aware because I felt like I would get quite triggered when I'd come back home from uni sometimes. Yeah. Because dad would still make those comments at me automatically. It was, it becomes so habitual after a period of time that he would just be like, stop, stop snacking. And I remember turning around being like, uh, you really don't need to say that to me anymore. Like (laughs) I am of age. If anything, you told me I was skinny yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and he like obviously he apologized. He was just like, oh, it's, it's just so automatic. Like I always said it to you when you were a kid yeah so yeah I think it's also making them aware and just being like definitely and really again going back to understanding and honoring your lineage looking at all the people that came before you and what they looked like right because there are there is so much uh genetic disposition evolved in this Mm -hmm. right a lot of it is like for example our noses i've got the i've got such an iranian nose like you (laughs) spot it a mile off and (laughs) it was one of my biggest insecurities growing up and i had extended family telling me i need to get a nose job and this was accepted because i was like of course i need to get a nose job look at it yeah and it's literally a fashion in iran yeah it's a trend to walk around with a plaster on your nose because you've just had a nose job yeah it's just the complete norm so i was like of course i'm gonna get a nose job when i'm older there's like there's no question about it and then obviously all this stuff happened life happened yeah and i realized no i've got this nose because of all the ancestors that came before me yeah it's it's a a symbol of my heritage Mm mm-hmm you know why would i want to get rid of that to whose standards exactly exactly whose standards are you conforming to by by getting it like it's just yeah and also i got big ass nostrils and they (laughs) help me breathe so well (laughs) so yeah so obviously there are so many things that we can include in this episode to do with shame it's completely up to you to decide what that is for you Mm -hmm. um but we really want to open up this conversation and see if you have overcome something that you've been ashamed of. Yeah. What, how you did that? And yeah, what I helped you do that? I would love to hear about how, yeah, please let us know if you've overcome something and how you've done that. Yeah. Because what it's if, something that I would say I'm still struggling, like, even though I've come such a long way, it's still hard. And I, I'm really open to finding new ways of doing that. Definitely. Um, yes. So as we're ending, as we're coming near this episode, near the as we're coming near the end of this episode, you know how it goes. Yeah, song of the week. Oh my god, I don't actually know what mine is. My song of the week this week is Masego Passport because he says a line. Oh my god, why am I sounding like this? He <laughs> says a bit where it's like, um, he says he needs to get out because things are looking so familiar, and that's just resonating with me because it's locked. These four walls. <laughs> oh. It's getting um, to me. My song of the week is Marvin's Mood by Stro Elliot. I was hoping you were going to say Marvin's Room. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, but that's just a classic. That's always. So, yeah. Um, thank you again for listening. Thank you. And um, please get back to us. Yeah. Peace out. Peace out. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye. Bye.